Welcome to the Christian Life Austin podcast. Visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, register for an upcoming event, or support the Christian Life ministry through our online giving portal. We trust that you'll enjoy today's message. Thank you once again for listening. So we're, we're, we're talking about a new thing today, a new thing, and and, uh, and, and we're talking about a new thing three. It's just, we're just still, we're still talking about it. And I'm going to talk today about stepping into your adjacent possibility. Stepping into your adjacent possibility. That's what I want to talk about today. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 43 and 19, there's just a few words I want to read. It says, behold, I will do a new thing. Everybody say a new thing. Revelation 21 and 5, he says, I make all things new. He said, I'm going to do a new thing. And I make all things new. And he anoints us with fresh oil. So anytime that you feel led of God today to say amen, it would be all right. If you don't feel like saying amen, that's still all right. I'm going to preach anyhow. But I am so grateful that God has got us started on something wonderful at the first of the year. The Lord has laid this on my heart. He's put this in my spirit. Everybody say, I've got a new name. I am an overcomer this year. Everybody say, I've got a new song. I'm going to sing a new song this year. Amen. I'm redeemed. I am redeemed. I am redeemed. I am redeemed. We've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And today, we're talking about stepping into your adjacent possibility now before you're seated before you're seated two things number one tomorrow night's bible study again don schaefer was overwhelmingly good last week and all the men that went there say amen and clap your hands for this man that's good stuff he was overwhelmingly good last week tomorrow night larry nunez will be here and also tomorrow evening octavius bishop and justin musselman have written a beautiful composite of things to do of how to start businesses and we're going to pass out pamphlets for you tomorrow night we're going to give you stuff tomorrow night to put into your hands to help you to help you because we want you to gain and collect not just inspiration but information and it'll be given to you and also some good food tomorrow night last week we had 30 sign up and 85 showed up so i'm going to plan for 85 or 90 tomorrow now don't disappoint me because we want you to be here tomorrow night at 6 30 we have a good time whether we just sit there and look at each other or not. We have a good time on men's Bible study. So get out of the house. Lady, let him out of the house. Or thank God he's getting out of the house a little while. And let him come to Bible study tomorrow evening, all right? Put your hand on your heart. Say, Pastor, preach to me today. Preach the word to me today. Let it touch my heart. Let it change my heart. Pastor, preach the word to me today. Let it touch my mind. Let it change my mind. Pastor, preach the word to me today. Let me leave here a better person than what I was when I came in. In Jesus' name. And as you're seated, welcome Mitch and Brandy back to church. They've been gone on a little preaching trip and a vacation. Welcome them back home, one of our staff members. Love them. You may be seated. God bless you. You're awesome, awesome, awesome people. Anybody here ever got overwhelmed in your life? just flat out overwhelmed 
I'm talking about just run over with overwhelmingness. I used to have a grandmother. Oh, she was my favorite. She was the one that had the razor strop that she got out and popped her hand with, and we ran like ants from uh, ant spray. But we called her Memaw. And when she'd get overwhelmed with her kids or she'd get overwhelmed with problems or work or perhaps anger or excitement, she would say something like this, I'm just beside myself. You ever said that? I'm just beside myself. You don't even know what you're saying when you say that. I'm just beside myself. What she meant was that there was too much of what she was feeling to be contained by one person. So she, she wanted to be beside herself because where she was was not a good thing. And she needed two people to bear the hurt that she was feeling, the downness that she was feeling, the anger that she was feeling, the kid problems that she was feeling. She needed two people to intercede for her. But what if there was where you're starting from is not the best place to be? And what if your life where you stand right now is not a good place? Wouldn't it be good if you could get outside yourself? You could step outside of the space that your heart and your spirit are inhabiting. Wouldn't that be nice? If you could somehow get beside yourself instead of being stuck in the same old place, perhaps your life could be made better. There are seven words in the Old Testament for the Hebrew word praise. Seven words. But one of them is the most exuberant praise of all. It's halal praise, H-A-L-A-L. And it means simply to get beside oneself. In other words, halal praise is so awesome. It's so magnified in your life and in your mind and in your heart that it almost takes two people to get the job done. You get beside yourself. You understand what I'm saying? Have you ever felt that kind of excitement, that kind of thrill in your life? Maybe a baby being born, maybe a, at your wedding. You know, I, I saw a video of a wedding one time. And the bride and the groom were saying their vows and the groom just started jumping up and down, shouting right there, just dancing all over the place. And the minister had to get him by the hand and calm him down. One of the funniest things is America's Funniest Home Video. He was going crazy. Thank you, Jesus, he was saying. I wonder if he's still saying that. <laughs> but in a praise sense, many times we feel that our life is being transformed and so we get beside ourselves. The possibility of being beside yourself has gone from a, a quaint old saying to a new general law of physics. It really has. They have made a physical law, of, a law of physics out of it. Theoretical, theoretical biologist and complexity physicist Stuart Kaufman has proposed what he calls adjacent possible theory. Isn't that funny? Adjacent possible theory, or he calls it aptness, A-P-T-ness, aptness. And Kaufman decrees that the adjacent possible to, to be the fourth general law of Newton's laws of physics or the laws of motion. The first three are, and I'm not telling you this so you think I'm smart. I just looked them up and you can too. But the first three laws of motion are when viewed in an inertial reference frame, an object either is at rest or moves at a constant velocity unless acted upon by an external force. In other words, bodies at rest tend to stay at rest, and bodies in motion tend to stay at motion unless an external force comes, and maybe that, that, that body in motion falls down, or that body in motion has to get up because somebody gets a cattle prod to them. 
That's what he's talking about. The second law of motion is acceleration is produced when a force acts on a mass. And the greater the mass of the object being accelerated, the greater the amount of force needed to accelerate the object. For instance, a soccer ball is much easier to kick down the road than a brick is easier to kick down the road. Or kicking down a brick wall. You'll kick and kick and kick. It takes a lot of force to kick down a brick wall, but it doesn't take a lot of force to kick a soccer ball. And then the, the third one is simply this. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. How many of y'all studied that in school? How many of y'all studied that in school? Isn't that good stuff? That's good stuff. It don't mean nothing to the cause of Jesus today. But it, it's something. But the fourth one is, according to Kaufman, what he calls adjacent possible. It suggests that at any given moment, you've got to get this now, there is a space around every person and around every institution of what he calls untapped potential. Are you with me? There's a space around all of us. And to enter into a new field of energy is the lure of the adjacent possible. In other words, what adjacent possible is in the fourth law of physics is simply this. There's a field out there. If we can step into that realm, if we can get into that field of possible, if we can get there in our life, in our hearts. And I know that we're talking about physics, but I'm going to bring it into the scripture here today. In other words, a halo of possibility and a promise is beside every one of us in the house today. Amen. I want you to say something with me, pastor. I want to be a better person. I want to be a better Christian. I want to be a better employee. I want to be a better husband if, you, if that fits you. I want to be a better husband. Oh, my God. Well, for all the single wives here, we're glad to have you. Wives, I want to be a better wife. You're married to somebody. It's the silence of the lambs. Wow. We got some strong-voiced men. One more time, I want to be a better husband. You can do better than that. I want to be a better husband. There is something around all of us that if we step into it, there is no telling what God can do when we step into our adjacent possibility. Say amen to that. You know, think of it as your living room. Most of it, you have the same furniture placed in the same spots for years at a time. You really do. And when the house gets crowded on game days or on holidays and you've just come through some, you know where the people are going to end up, where the traffic flow is going to, where it's going to be like and what it's going to be like and where there's going to be traffic jams and where the favorite spot to hang out always is. You've got those places in your house. But Kaufman's law of adjacent possibles says real change takes place when you rearrange the current configuration of things, opening up new possibilities for movement and matter. He said, if you rearrange your living room furniture and see what happens, it's going to shock you. Without adding one new chair, stay with me now, without adding one new table, the whole feeling of the room has changed because you've just rearranged what was in that room. People move about differently. They interact with others in new groups. The energy of the room flows in a new configuration and all that just by moving furniture around. I want to stop and interrupt Mr. Kaufman right now and say, what could happen if we reconfigured the space in our own soul? 
What could happen if we move some stuff in our soul and got an open vein for the Holy Ghost to meet us and for the presence of God to touch us? What if we just configured some things in our life and said, no more will I make that number one. From now on, I'm going to make Christ number one in my life. No more will I put anything ahead of my relationship with the Lord. If you just move a little furniture, there's no telling what could happen in your own life. Amen. It's called adjacent possible. It's a halo of promise that lies just outside your standard zone of existence. And it's waiting for your presence. There's a beautiful passage in Luke chapter 17 that I want to read now as a, as a little text here. And I want to throw it on the screen. Now it was on, while he's on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into the village, ten men who had leprosy met him. And they stood at a distance and, and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, hear this now, have pity on us. Read that. Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Ten lepers. Read on. And when he saw them... Watch this now. He said, go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Stop. Don't, don't go no further. Stop right there. Leave that scripture up there right there. All right. Now watch this. Jesus is passing by this certain area, and he sees 10 men. Now these 10 men, folks, are lepers. And lepers could not live in society. They had to live outside society. They had to live outside the realm of people. They had to live in a degraded place. They had to live where nobody would come. They had to live where nobody would ever mix and mingle with them. But isn't it amazing that Jesus finds his way from the mainstream to the leper stream? Isn't it amazing that Messiah can find a person that can't even mingle woo, with society? Jesus has a way of finding that kind of person. Isn't it amazing some things that you get in your heart, some things you get in your mind, and it pulls you away from the mainstream of life? And you say, I can't never go back. I can't never go back to my job. I can't never go back to society. I can't never go back and face people. But there's somebody that I'm preaching about today that don't have to wait till you get to the mainstream. He'll find you where you are in your own world. He'll find that because Jesus loves everybody and he wants to help. Oh, I feel like preaching right now. He wants to help everybody. And so Jesus understands this thing called adjacent possible. He understands it. And in this verse 14, in this verse 14, Jesus walked up as Messiah. But around him was a halo of healing. Around him was a halo of salvation. He proved that in John 8 when he said, Woman, where are thine accusers? She said, I have none, Lord. He said, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. And they had to walk off and throw their rocks away. Oh, I'm preaching right now. Stay with me. But Jesus is Messiah. He's Messiah here, okay? He's Messiah. And all of a sudden, he steps into his adjacent possible. And he said, Hey, ten men, go show yourself to the priest. 
No longer is he Messiah. Now he's healer. <laughs> now he's healer because he understands what's surrounding him. He understands the aura of what he is and where he's from and what he's all about. And he steps into that realm and says, go show yourself. And the Bible said in verse 15, watch this now. And, at one, of, and one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. And he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him for he was a Samaritan. Verse 16. It says, Jesus asked, were there not ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Here's the point. When Jesus Christ, our Messiah, stepped out of his place and became your redeemer and became your savior and went to a cross and died for you, no man has ever stepped outside of his possible like Jesus did for you. No man has ever done that. Many men have died, but they hadn't laid down their life to die. Many men have been buried, but they hadn't come back from the grave. But Jesus Christ came back from the grave alive and victorious. And he said, I'm going back to my father and I'm going to send you a spirit. I'm going to send you a comfort called the Holy Ghost. And when it comes, it's going to lead and guide you to all truth. He stepped outside of his person to become our healer, to become our savior, to become our deliverer. And here's what he's doing. Here's what he's doing. Now, are you ready for this? Here's what he's doing. One comes back. And he said, did I not cleanse ten? Where are the nine? They went and showed themselves to the priest like you said. But that's not what I wanted. I know what I said. But that's not what I wanted. I wanted somebody to come back. Like I stepped out of being Messiah into a healing man. I wanted somebody to come back from being healed to step out and be a thankful man. You know, that's what praise actually is. It's just stepping outside yourself and said, I don't care who says it or who plays the Lord or who claps their hands or whoever does whatever they're going to do. I know what he did for me. I know how he brought me out. I know how he saved me. I know how he healed me. I know how he delivered me. And I'm not going to sit here in stone silent. I'm going to step out into my adjacent possible and I'm going to worship him with everything that I have in my heart. One, only one, only one came out of his standard zone into his adjacent possible. Only one. See, Jesus not only could move them out of the space of being outcast and unclean, he also had the power to move them into a place of healing and wholeness. He did, when the Lord touched your life, he didn't just bring you out of the world. He brought you into something better. That's why we preach in this house. It's more than just repentance and confession of your sins and opening your mouth and say, I confess Christ. We believe with all our heart that the Lord wants to baptize you. 
with a Holy Spirit baptism. He really does. He wants you to go down in water in baptism. He wants you to take on the name of the Lord in water baptism. Be buried with him in baptism. He wants that. He don't want you just to come and say, well, I'm signing a card and I've done all of that. No, no, no. He wants you to step into your adjacent possible. He wants you to get out of the standard zone of Christianity and walk into a brand new light of his victory and glory. He wants somebody to say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for saving my soul and for giving me a brand new day. And he looked at him, and in the King James, he said, your faith has made you whole. Everybody say whole. The rest of them were healed. There's a difference in healing and wholeness. Some had to face a priest with still rumple skin and still noses that were eaten off and still hands that were gnarled. But when Jesus touched this man, when Jesus touched a man that stepped out of his adjacent possible, into his adjacent possible, he touched him with something called wholeness. 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 Anybody want some of that fresh oil today? Wholeness. Come on. I wish somebody would clap your hands all over this house and just thank him. Thank him for healing you. Thank him for salvation. Come on. All over this house. Just thank him. Just thank him. Just thank him. Come on. Just thank him. Just thank him. Just thank him. Just thank him, just thank him, just thank him. Just thank him, just thank him, just thank him. Hallelujah. 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 You know, if there ever was a time in our life that we need to plug in to more of God and to our adjacent possible, it's now. We need to plug into that. We don't need to just have church to have church. We don't need just to come and hear singing and let singing just bless us and let the concert just say, whoa, that's good singing. We need to interact with what God's doing in our lives. Has Jesus ever healed anybody in this house? I think I need to ask that again today. Has Jesus ever, has Jesus ever brought you out of a horrible situation? Has Jesus ever touched you with something that nobody else could touch you with? See, he stepped out. He stepped out of his realm to do that for you. You need to step out of your realm to say thanks to him. That's what it's about. It's a new thing. 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 It's an adjacent possible in your life. Many of you, you understand and some don't. I don't know that I perhaps knew all of this. But you know, lobsters, how many of y'all like them? I like lobster tails. I don't like those claws. They look like something from another scary movie. I don't even like to look at them. I, I, uh, I, tapped, a, I tapped a window of an of a aquarium up here at Red Lobster one day. And one of them moved quick, and I jumped. Some things still have a little fear factor. I apologize for that. I'm sure you don't have any, but honest confession is good for the soul. I don't tap on those things anymore. I really don't. Uh, I went and saw some sharks one time in a pool, and uh, I stood there, and one of them came over to me, and I just backed up. Amen, 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 amen. I went to a zoo one day, and a tiger came over close, and uh, 
uh, to the cage, and I said, well, I think I'll just back up. He didn't look like a kitty cat to me. He looked like something massive. And uh, he turned around and walked away and blessed us with showers of blessings. And uh, so when one of them comes to me again, I just back up. You know, there's some things you back up on. But you, you, ever, you ever realize how a lobster grows? See, the crustacean of a lobster, he's exoskeleton. He has an exoskeleton. In other words, the skeleton of his, of his body is on the outside, not the inside. And so he has to go someplace every year and find a hidden place. He's got to find this hiding place. He's got to find this special place that he can go to and somehow get that shell off of him. He has to rip himself of, of that shell. He has to, mm, has to be brought out of that shell. He's got to, he's got to work and, and, and get that shell off of him because there's a membrane in here that wants to grow. There's something on the inside that wants to come out and flourish. And there's something, and he has to get that membrane. He tries and tries, and he's got to watch out for fish because fish will eat him when he gets bare. And, and, and he's got to watch out for, 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 for fishermen because they'll, they'll hook him up in those times, and they'll catch him in a net. And he's got to be careful but he gets to that place, that hiding place, and he finally gets that shell off of him. They call it coming out of your shell. I think, I think every now and then, can I preach a little? I think every now and then, I think just every now and then on a Sunday morning, we don't need to just come to church as always. Sometime we need to say, Lord, you know, I want to grow a little bit today. I, I want to get bigger today. I want my spirit to get bigger. I want my soul to get enlarged. I want my power with you to function. I want things to happen good in my life. I want my family to get better. I want to get better in my health. I want to get better on my job. And can I step into my adjacent possible and become somebody that can grow in the kingdom of God? Can I do that? I want these young men to grow. I don't want them to be the preacher they were when they came three years ago. I don't want Brad to be the same one he was a year ago. I don't want Randy to be what he was five years ago. I want this church to grow. I want us to find a place where we can get outside of our shell and say, I'm growing in the kingdom of God. It's called the anointing. It's called the anointing. It's stepping up. 2 Kings chapter 9, there's a man named Jehu that Elijah, Elijah should have anointed. He passed it down to Elisha, and Elisha should have anointed. But Elisha passed it down to a young man who wasn't even a prophet. And he shows up one day. And Jehu's out in the, out in the front room playing cards with his men. He's a captain of an army. They're playing cards. They're playing dominoes. Whatever they're doing. I don't know what they're doing. They're playing games. They're getting ready for another battle. And this young man, wild-eyed, a wild-eyed youth, the NIV says, a wild-eyed youth comes in to Jehu and he says, Sir, could I have you in the next room, please? Can I get you by yourself just a moment? And Jehu said, Well, yeah, sure. So he stands up. And he goes in, he thinks, well, this might be some kind of guy that's going to try to stab me in the room by myself. i got to be ready. So he gets ready, and he walks into this room, and he stands up. He will not sit down. And all of a sudden, this young man pulls out six quarts. He said, sir, I've been sent by the prophet to anoint you king. And he pours that oil on Jehu. But before he poured it on him, Jehu had to get up from the game playing. 
Sometimes it's not just about golf. Sometimes it's not just about riding horses. Sometimes it's not just about going places and doing things. Sometimes you've got to step out of the game section and get into a private area where God can pour something on your head, where you can get outside your shell. And you may not be able to do it in church. You may be embarrassed in church, but somewhere in a prayer closet, somewhere in your life, you need to get alone with God and say, this, Lord, is what I need from you. I need some power. I need some grace. I need a healing. I need help in my family. I need some help. And you need to bear your soul because when you come out of there, you're going to be growing in faith and growing in wisdom and growing in knowledge. And then that shell can come on you again and give you protection. You see, the reason he anointed Jehu was the fact that it was urgent. It was an urgent time because Jezebel and Ahab had taken over and brought Baal worship to the kingdom. They had brought earth worship to the kingdom and God said, I can't have people worshiping the ground when they need to worship me. And Jehu runs out of there. They fall down, they salute him. He runs out of there with oil dripping all over him. Gets in that chariot and heads toward Jezreel. And before the chapter's over, Jezebel is dead. Because there's sometimes we just need that special anointing. We need that adjacent possible in our life where it's just more than going to church and just being in church and just worshiping for an hour and 15, 20 minutes. It's more than that, it's victory, it's power, it's growth. It's fellowship. It's learning how to get out of our own way so God can get in our way. Clap your hands all over the house. I'm not far from finishing. One woman said in a book called In Praise of Imperfection, I love this, my life and work. She said, by looking back over my life as a scientist, She said, I'm convinced in research, neither intelligence nor efficiency are what really counts. Watch this now. But what counts, she says, is a tendency to underestimate difficulties. I love that. Some people overestimate difficulties. She said, I underestimate them. And I overestimate the things that can solve those difficulties. What we need to understand is that God has a power for us. He has a strength for us. He has a healing for us. We need to ask him. We need to come out of our shell and ask him. And when we do, he'll step into his adjacent possible and said, be healed, be saved, be touched, be filled. But when you're healed, you need to step back into your adjacent and say, thank you. Thank you. Because there's some fresh oil in this house right here today. The word is fresh oil to you today. The power of God is in this house. Is a fresh oil to you today. Amen. There's something fresh. Come on, clap your hands real big in this house today. Amen. Amen. I wrote these words. Trust God. Trust God. God is a God of miracles. I still believe that in 2014. God can take a very little and make it into a great big much. If God commands it, then God can accomplish it. Trust God. Trust God. God is a God of miracles today. 
Amen. I close today. Thank you for letting me preach a little this morning to you. I close today. In the late 1920s, there was a man named Bert Webb who was pioneering a church in Grenada, Minnesota. And one night word came to him that an elderly Civil War veteran named Colonel Trumbull wanted to see him. So traveling some 30 miles into the country in 1920, Pastor Webb came to the bedside of an old soldier. I'm not going to make it, preacher, the colonel said. And I wanted to tell someone about a miracle I experienced during the Civil War. In feeble tones, the man told of being one of many Union soldiers incarcerated in a famous Andersonville, Georgia prison of war camp where men died by the hundreds. Food was scarce, Colonel Trumbull recalled, but perhaps even worse was the scarcity of water. In desperation, he said one day, he and several other prisoners went to the western edge of the encampment and kneeled down to pray. They got out of their shell. And we prayed that God would help us. To our surprise, in a few minutes, the old colonel told him, a huge black cloud came and stood above the stockade. Suddenly, a brilliant flash of lightning burst out from the cloud, striking a huge rock and splitting it apart. <laughs> and a stream began to gush out and continue to flow. And Webb thanked the dying man, prayed with him, and returned home. It was a fascinating story, according to Pastor Webb. But he wondered if perhaps it was just a figment of the imagination of an old man who was a dying soldier. So for five years, he kept the story to himself. And in spring of 1935, Webb was speaking at a North Highlands Assembly of God church in Columbus, Georgia, on the water of life. That was his subject. And he suddenly felt impressed to tell the story. And after the service, people swarmed him. They said, Pastor, well, we know about that spring. The site of Andersonville is just a few miles from here. Would you like to go and see it for yourself? And the next day, Webb went with his friends to the site. And there in the center of a former camp was the spring with a stone spring house covering the rock from which the water had issued. And above the door was a sign that read Providence Spring. Divine Providence Spring commemorating the miracle that had produced it. Here's what I'm telling you. Every Sunday I stand in this pulpit, in this platform, and I preach to people that one day years ago God split a rock for you and let water come. Because he said, He that believeth on me as the scripture has said out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And this fake he of the Spirit, which was not yet given because he had not yet been glorified, but he was talking about a baptism of the Holy Spirit. The water of life is so powerful and so prevalent. He told a woman at the well, if you drink the water that I give you, you'll never thirst again. Never. And every Sunday I get to stand in front of people and I get to stand in front of miracle after miracle after miracle. But even every now and then, every now and then, 
Some of us need to either go back or go forward and ask God for some fresh oil today. We need something fresh because there's an urgency. There's an urgency in our spirit. There's an urgency because the world's not getting any better and things are not getting any better, Pastor. We leave here on Sunday and things are still the same in the world. Yes, that's right. But we can change in our hearts. We can change in our hearts. How many of you would like to step into your adjacent possible today and lift your hands all over this house and just thank God for what he's done and what he's doing in your life right now? Come on. Let's turn this place into a Thanksgiving place right now. Lift your hands all over the house. Open your mouth. And that concludes today's podcast. Thanks again for listening.